This episode of Channel Mind News is for information only. Please do your own research before making any investment decision or alternatively seek advice from a registered financial advisor. Oh, there's no better way to bloody introduce this, as I said, or bring that fourth microphone just in case. <laughs> just in case the main, main man just walks in and it's happened. Oh, yeah. Mr. Tony Kenny, how yeah. are you, mate? Mate, I'm 110%. Had a, had a good Christmas break. And um, we all are now, too. <laughs> thank you very much. You might be disappointed in 33 minutes or so. But no, I'm going well, mate. Really well, thank you. Well, Merry, Merry, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you, mate. Uh, great, to, great to have you back. Great Thank to have you. you back. Great what's to be what's back. the vibe like since you since twenty twenty three's kicked I, over? I sort of think we uh, we exited twenty twenty two, and I think people are a little bit uh, negative, but certainly mm. we've come back, and the market's bouncing, and you know money's mm. being raised, and yeah, it's all back on in a pretty pretty quick fashion. So surprisingly, is there a bit a bit more uptick in the I guess the West Perth coffee shops? Has everyone got a bit more a bit better vibe about the investing uh, scene at the moment? Absolutely. I mean, not a lot of people back at work, but I think you know the gold price obviously bouncing mm. has helped no end in terms of sentiment. So yeah, it's. Been been a, it's been a pretty positive start to the year, and I'm sure it's going to hopefully get better. Good stuff. Then we've got the usual suspects. Weary and Clayt, how are you, gents? Good, thanks, Matt. Yeah, great, thanks, Matt. As I said, we've had some positive. We've had a good Google review from the great uh, Tim Banfield saying he's one of the biggest fans of the Precision <laughs> Had podcast. to be one out there. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah, a bit of positive. As I said, I was a bit starstruck when I first met him. <laughs> Everyone, if you haven't listened to it, check out the Finding the Front Podcast free yes, promotion from, for Euros Heartless. No yeah. worries, lads. If you if you're listening, <laughs> right? Weary. I've stopped doing all the macro stuff on my end because I didn't want to take any um, <laughs> flair away from the expertise that you bring uh, once a month, mate. So I'm just leaving it all to you, mate. Oh, what has uh, been happening in the big? big yeah, course? look, I could be a bit rusty, but uh, <laughs> uh, after the break, but uh, yeah, no. As TK said, we sort of uh, started the year with a bit of a bang as far as markets are concerned, and. Uh, uh, up until the last couple of nights have been, you know, well into uh, positive territory. And uh, as you said, in particular, not just the gold price, but also uh, uh, base metal prices, in particular, the uh, copper prices had a bit of a roar through $4 a pound. So a lot of positive sentiment out there on, uh, you know, the, the traditional commodities that we follow, precious metals and base metals. And uh, after uh, late last year, you know, we saw the... Uh, uh, the the uh, lithium euphoria start to wane a bit as the price started to ease, but uh, the overall uh, um, you know supply fundamentals for a lot of the commodities that we follow uh, are supportive of uh, you know higher prices continuing for some time. Now the the, the market has faltered as I said in the, in the last couple of nights where. We're, we're in the midst of uh, US earnings season and, uh, you know, the results, uh, you know, have been as usual mixed, but there is a bit of a, I, I suppose, as we, you know, head into this higher interest rate environment, there, there is starting to be some pressure coming on earnings and um, that's just started to weigh on the market in the last couple of nights and, and it's probably been compounded also by the fact that, you know, we're, we're slowly getting back into the into rhythm. They're still talking another 50 basis points uh, uh, 
when the Fed uh, next meets. So, you know, that leads to these recessionary talks and uh, hence the market's taken a bit of a breather. But all in all, from our perspective, and, um, you know, largely I'm referring to the resources sector and, and the uh, associated service industries, um, you know, we're, we're uh, optimistic for a p- pretty positive year uh, in those markets, um, albeit with some, uh, I suppose, uh, backdrop of what you might see as a recession in the US later in the year. Uh, but the general view seems to think that'll be a pretty short cycle. And, uh, you know, later in the year, the Fed will probably uh, wind back uh, these rate rises as the data supports, you know, lower inflation. And we've already had some retail sales figures which have pointed in the right direction, mm-hmm. slowing a bit. But with that, obviously, the economy's slowing. So uh, positive for commodities, but with some caution. Do you see China? Where do you rate China as yeah. a risk? In well, you've got the COVID, COVID zero yep. relaxing, which has obviously been one of the big things that's yep. been. And but then you put the overhanging Taiwan issue that yep. could be a longer no, term. No, it's going and, and also you know add to that you know they're starting to ease some of the trade tensions that, uh, against us that we're uh, with regard to. Uh, you know, coal and uh, other industries. And, um, you know, I think they're going through this massive COVID wave like we all did uh, a year and a half or so ago, and they're going through it now. As they emerge out of that, and you've seen it in, you know, they put out some of the lowest GDP figures that we've seen out of China in in 30 plus years. And as you start to see them emerge from this burst of uh, COVID infections, you'll start to see that economy return to some sort of normality. So um, yes, you've got the, you know, still got the tensions there of the, um, you know, the Russia-Ukraine situation and and potentially China-Taiwan that we're gonna be watching closely. But all in all, I think as they emerge out of, uh, this period of COVID infection, you'll start to see some uh, return to, you know, perhaps not the GDP growth that we've seen out of China in the past, but well north of what they're experiencing at the moment. Great for the Aussie economy, uh, great for commodities across the board. Um, so we're well leveraged for that. Yeah. Oh, and look, if this doesn't come to fruition, mate, and you are wrong, there's always the horse industry you can get into because I hear you're getting, getting some profits coming yeah, through from well, Ascot at the moment. We we, uh, we did get suckered into a percentage in a horse uh, from a uh, old client of mine, and uh, it's fair to say we don't know one end of a horse from another, uh, but uh, Bisector did have a, uh, a little win yesterday. Uh, Duly saluted in the first of the uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was only a five-horse race, so... Uh, would have been disappointed if it didn't get a place, but uh, uh, we had a little each way which came through. So, uh, uh, yes, yeah, so I, I wouldn't be following our uh, horse tips no, in the future. No, full disclosure there. We actually backed the first three winners and then we decided to leave. <laughs> I don't think we'll go back to the track for about 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's going to be top weight next week yeah, after yeah, that yeah. win. Yeah. <laughs> right, we've got a few to go through. We've got, we've got Emerald, Emerald Resources uh, pr- announcing record gold production, uh, Leo Lithium, increase of mineral resource, Nickel Industries, they're going to have done a massive equity raise, yep. really tapping into the uh, nickel mat and high-pressure acid leaching industry over in Indo, Red Dirt, and maybe a bit of Patriot battery metals mm-hmm. as well. So where do you want to start? Emerald Resources sounds like a good one. Uh, this, yeah. this, isn't this just a precision funds management feel of a company, a big open pit gold mine. Big open pit gold mine, uh, quality management team that have been there and done it before and more importantly, they all own a hell of a lot of stock. You know, we always like to see that where uh, 
directors and key management have um, have big share ownership. So you sort of, you know they are treat it like their own. Um, and and we've gone along you know with the journey. And um, you know they built a gold mine in Cambodia. Um, it, uh, which which commissioned about a year ago, you know. So they built that during COVID. Uh, Mick Evans is sort of the key guy there that spent I think fourteen months up in Cambodia um, building that. Um, but the team's really first class with you know with Morgan Hart, a CEO, and uh, they've just announced in December, you know, record gold production, uh, twenty nine thousand ounces. I think you know all in costs will probably be around that sort of US seven fifty mm-hmm. mark. So you know, great margins. And their second project, you know, they've been quite a long protracted takeover bid for this private company called Bullseye Mining, which has got the Dingo Range Gold Project, which, you know, hasn't, you know, was was owned by, I think, Peter Byrne. It was, yeah. Peter Byrne's a local real estate estate agent. Um, Quite a lot, you know, and then there's been sort of Chinese interests and uh, Irish interests and currently Emerald own about 60% of it um, and they are going to be, I think they're drilling over 100,000 metres this year. But this area, it's sort of to the east of Leonora, has not been sort of, you know, properly explored for the last ten years. So, you know, they real see they see real opportunity um, to, to 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 you know obviously grow the resource. It's currently I think about five or six hundred thousand ounces to get that over that million ounce mark um, and, and and look to be their second operation in Australia. So, very much you know sort of multi mines, uh, you know plus two hundred fifty thousand ounce type production profile. Um, you know, and and doing it all out of their own uh, own balance sheet. So, um, yeah, great. Yeah, res- yeah, it's a great thing, isn't it? The diversity, geographical yeah. diversity for investors, obviously. Mm-hmm. If someone doesn't necessarily invest in Cambodia, which is not everyone's cup of tea, mm-hmm. but to have the Australian operation, obviously, yeah. potentially coming on stream in the next couple of years, it's a... It's a great positive. No, from no, that's right. And and, and and you know that Morg's been, well, they've been working away on this for you know for, for quite a while. And I think you know the, the, their target is by middle of the year to have an updated reserve and resource estimate on um, on 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 that project sort of thing. You know, there, there are a couple of small pits previously there, and uh, you know certainly I was up inside on in December, and there looks to be huge potential for for this to grow and, as I said, become their second operation. So, um, yeah. you know, they, they're not a promoter. You know, they really just, um, you know, sort of just, just get on with the business. Results-driven. Results-driven, mm. that's right. So yeah. is that, that, that deposit pretty similar, like high, close, close to surface, big ton, low-grade operation? Does yeah, I think the grade do? will probably be better than um, – I think the resource grade's about 1.7, 1.8. So, you, oh, you, right. you know, you might see a, an open pit sort of coming in you know, one and a half plus sort of thing, just depending on cutoff grades and all that. So, um, yeah, so it might be better than the average sort of what we've seen in recent times of sort of around that gram open pit. Where, uh, where's the closest infrastructure? Are they closer to Leonora or Laverton? Uh, Leonora, but they'll be building their own. Yep. They build their own um, operation out there. It's probably it's too far to truck to the nearest mill, which... Um, as I said, I good luck if you're a thumb. kangaroo around Leonora coming soon. Because <laughs> bloody hell, there's going to be some ore getting hauled on the highways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, isn't that's it? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, what, what's Cambodia like as a jurisdiction? Is there much over there? What's the sovereign? Well, they're, they're, like they're, they're the first um, Western-style um, uh, company that's that, that sort of operated in there, and. Um, th- this was an old project that actually Oz Minerals had many years ago um, and then they discovered sort of, you know, five, 600,000 ounces and it wasn't big enough for them uh, and a little company called Renaissance Minerals took it and uh, did the drilling and took it, took it to a level that they could take it to uh, and, and, and then, and then um, Morgan came in and did a deal with Renaissance and it ultimately ended up acquiring the rest of it and turned it into Emerald, you know, um, acquired it through Emerald Resources, which was a shell at the time sort of thing. They were out there looking for projects. So in terms of jurisdiction, um, 
Oh, you know, I've been there. A, I've been there a couple of times, and you know, it is. You know, I've been to lots of parts of Africa, and in terms of infrastructure and all that, it's pretty good. It's and and uh, you know, certainly uh, Nong Pen is um, you know a nice, vibrant city. Uh, you know what? What the key is, you know, they've they took a, a year to sort of negotiate the final fiscal agreement with all these insurance policies in place in terms of uh, any government um, clawbacks and all that sort of stuff. So they have tried to bullet themselves as best they could, but obviously realising that, um, you know, ultimately they'd, you know, they'd like to get an Australian operation to really, uh, you know, ultimately be able to pay sort of fully frank dividends out of those operations. Given yeah. it was uh, one of the first, you know, mines yep. in, uh, gold mines in Cambodia, did they, you know, good government support and relations oh, and e- Relief. Yeah, excellent government. You know, there is tax holidays, but yep. but it's really also educating them about. You know, they they brought the, the, the sort of the key ministers over uh, over to WA to actually show them. You know, this is you know what a gold mine. Just just to educate them. You know, so it's, you know to to realise yep. that it's, it's a hell of a lot of hard work to get out of gold bar. It's not just uh, you know you're sitting here to uh, yep. you know just because you've got a project and you're spending all this money means it's going to be profitable. Yeah, um, yeah, as we've seen. Yep. Right, nickel industries. This is a big, big one to cover. This is huge. This thing six hundred and seventy-three million bucks. There, yeah. yeah. Raised, so they've raised the first tranche of that two hundred and sixty-four mil at dollar two. Dollar two. Yeah. Now, before we get into that, explain. So they've got a three billion market cap. They're yep. raising. So that's 22.5% and of their market cap. Are they? Yep. Is that why it's in two tranches? Because they've gone over the fifteen. Or I think they that's yeah. That's right, and there's yeah. yeah so they need to uh, just get shareholder approval for it. I mean, the interesting thing on that is that you know their their, their major shareholders you know is taking in you know three hundred ninety million Shanghai decent sort of thing. Um, yeah, so so they'll end up with twenty eight percent of of nickel mines post post that deal. But uh, you know they also put out their quarterly production, which was a which was another record. You know twenty three thousand tons. You know they're on track to sort of hit that target of sort of, you know, ninety to one hundred thousand tons of attributable production, uh, and, and they're real. What they're seeing is, you know, margins have improved as they switched from some of the pig on to the nickel mat. So you had a, almost a doubling, I think, of the uh, of the cash margin for the quarterly. You know, it went from, um, yeah. So, so the nickel mat had margins close to US six thousand bucks a ton. So. You know, it's a really, you know, it's one of the few nickel stocks that's got real sort of definable growth out there. Um, you know, years, you know, probably three or four or five years ago when this thing IPO'd, there's a lot of, a, a, a bit of scepticism over how will the Indonesians play ball and, you know, in terms of, you know, you've got Chinese ownership with all of that. But I think they've demonstrated that, um, uh, you know, the Chinese certainly want them as partners and, um, you know, they've done a fabulous job. And, uh, you know, I, I think where these deals... I think the brokers, uh, you know, cons- sort of talking about attributable production, getting closer to 150,000 tonnes of nickel uh, yeah. and becoming a – and this also diversifies them back into sort of a bit of um, high-pressure acid leach from one of their um, from one of the operations um, yep. that they're acquiring a 10% interest. So um, a, a, a ripping deal um, looks like that. And, and you know, you, you can see this thing just continuing to grow and grow. Um, what, what's your thoughts on, I guess, going forward long-term for the, the nickel – battery side of things where, as you said, 50% of nickel comes out of Indonesia and Philippines yep. and they're all laterites around the equatorial belt. What's your views on the fact that the, the high carbon intensity required to convert all the class two laterites through into mat, then into class one yep. battery metal um, to lower the carbon footprint, you'd say, whereas and not being able to find the big sulfide deposits, is it is it Gonna, is that just going to be how it's going to be to produce these battery grade I, I, I think nickel? that's the reality, as you said. You know, the the, the difficulty is these sulphide. You know, they're, they're, 
you know, they're just not not abundant enough to, to, to satisfy the demand for their for, for the new market. You know, like you got um, we had a chat to Bill Bowman earlier late last year, and he said, look, he'd spent a lot of time with metal traders. He said, in the next three to five years, you're just going to see two streams of pricing. You're going to see pricing for obviously the environmentally friendly type products. You know, mm-hmm. the sulphide nickel deposits going to have one pricing. The rest of the nickel is going to have a different type of pricing. So you're really going to start to see that evolve over the next yeah. five to ten years. We think. So, but, so the high grade, good quality sulphide yeah. projects will be making massive margins in Correct. the future. You can that's, that's yeah, you. should yep. be making better yep. margins. But but still, you've still got to you know that you got to go where the ore is, and the ore is yep. in these equatorial regions, and especially in Indonesia. And you think that you know it was I think 2013 when the Indonesian government said you know you, you we're no longer allowing export of um, of, of, right. of nickel ore. You, you know mm. we, we we need refineries and we need the investment mm. because we want to capture that upstream and you know you look what they've built at this um industrial park uh yeah it's, it's quite incredible so, yeah yeah it looks huge um, yeah what's the what's the thoughts about the laterite projects in australia do you think they're are they going to struggle to come online is there going to be much demand for them with such a growth in the indonesian industry it's, like it's, this? it's hard to compete with them just because of the capital intensity for these yeah. nickel for the laterite projects in australia um you, you, you know you've um, you know, one percent nickel laterite or you know, you're talking billions of dollars of capital. We saw that in that last sort of run with, you know, with you know, and the only one surviving one has really been Anaconda's project. Um, you know, with, uh, obviously under different ownership now with Glencore, but you know, you talk, it's highly capital intensive, and 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 also just to build it in Australia as well. When you're spending, you know, probably a couple of billion dollars, um, you know, it's a lot yeah. more expensive than. Than, than than being able to you know to build it in Indonesia and you've got your your, your power advantages where they can you know they're, they're bringing in cheap coal and all those sorts of things um, cheap electricity to to to, 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 uh, to power them. Well, it's and looking at the graph here and obviously whether this is skewed, they always pick the good graph that supports their <laughs> yeah. thematic. But um, they're they're predicting nickel industries are predicting by twenty forty that the class one battery grade nickel will be considerably more in demand than stainless for nickel pig on for yeah. stainless steel which is and considering nickel pig on's what 70 percent of at the moment it's um yeah it's a big 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 prediction that's yeah. it is a, it's pretty heavily dependent on whether the nmc batteries are going to be more favored than the lithium ion phosphate batteries as well i, I yeah. think there's still think that that's still up in the air that's right Who knows? the crystal ball Crystal ball. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> right, red dirt, red well, dirt. Well, I'll, I'll I'll take, keep, this is when we, I thought we'd bring in TK before yeah, he shuts well, no, the door got, and walks out. I've got a out. couple of issues because essentially we've got, you know, Andy's, you know, he's the technical guy here. and <laughs> So we sent him to site and uh, essentially got to Gascoigne Junction and uh, he tells us there was a technical malfunction with the, with the chopper to get out there. He didn't disclose this bit in no, the last so, interview. But so we're none the wiser. We think he spent the, the six hours probably eating a sausage roll and drinking a chocolate and watching the 96 Kangaroos Grand Final, but he's come back none the wiser. They are, they, I heard they zoomed him in, but he was on, oh, he got yeah. a zoom, he got a Zoom's live Zoom call. <laughs> no, uh, no, look, I'll kick off, obviously non-technical as always, but I caught up with David Flanagan, who's obviously from Atlas Iron Fame back in the day. So he's got pedigree in terms of building a team and obviously delivering a bulk op- product to uh, to the West Australian resources market. So he took control as chairman about six months ago. Um, so essentially, Red has got two projects. He's got Mount Ida and Unithara, which is the project they acquired in sort of September, September October last year. The company raised $55 million in a raising uh, at 50 cents a share. So it's currently just a tad under that. The benefit of uh, Red Dirt, we think, is speed to market. So they're talking about two strategies, and that's just 
DSI, so digging up and shipping it, and that could be in production in 2024. Uh, capital costs are probably 40 to $50 million yeah, to get that going. Yep. And you've seen Core achieve $915 a tonne for a, it's a high-grade product, but significant cash flow, early cash flow. So that's the way Minres and Pilbara both started. So their strategy is sort of hitched to that bandwagon. Uh, we hope that's the case, but the benefit of Mount Ida is that the permitting is virtually done. So essentially, it's been an operational mine previously, albeit gold copper. And David Flanagan's of the view that the mines department want it cranked and, and producing as quickly as possible. So that's the real key. Uh, Mount Ida is a reasonable resource, and they're drilling at the moment. They're spending sort of 15 to 20 million bucks and drilling 150,000 metres this year. Um, bulk of it's at Mount Ida, there's 60,000 metres at Unathara, where there's assays pending as we speak. But the thing that we see with Red Dirt, and obviously with all these North American projects, it takes a long time to get these things in production. So the key for us and the, the investment we've made and continue to, to, to keep is early production. So hopefully uh, we're right on that one. Oh, um, I hope they supported your race because they're getting good plugs on this podcast. <laughs> uh, the Red yeah, Dirt folk. Yeah, along to the gills. <laughs> so he owns a few personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I didn't finish, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, so what do you see with the, you know, when they release their maiden resource, that sitting at one point. Two percent, I think. Was it? Or was yeah. it one point one six? No, one point two percent, and it's yeah. sort of a trace. Yeah. But when, which is, but then you look at, you know, one point two percent not being a, a f the favourable nickel. Uh, sorry, um, lithium percentage. But you, you convert th that one point two percent into a gold equivalent of what they're getting paid for spodumene concentrate, and it's about you're running about a ten gram open pit. Like, is it? Is it unbelievable how? These are being well. How they're being priced, or how much money they're actually going to make? I think when these both. things come out uh, of the ground, certainly the price can't stay where it is. So that's why speed to market's key. But the overall price has got to come back, mm. and it's not as straightforward as a gold equivalent, really. At the end of the day, but we think that uh, you know, as I say, speed to market because it's mm. not going to be maintained. So we want to get some cash flow happening. The company wants to get some cash flow yeah. happening in the short term. So oh, I was just going to ask uh, TK uh, uh, short-term news flow from Unithara. Yeah, loads. So they've done a lot of drilling. Um, the sky's the limit. Um, so essentially, um, assays, I think, will be sort of middle of Feb, yep. and then the whole year will just have news flow pushing through. So, uh, you know, hopefully... Because they announced positive. a sort of 80-metre intersection, uh, but... We're, yeah. 80-metre spodumene. 80-metre spodumene. Sorry, pigmatite. Pigmatite, yeah. But correct me wrong, it's very fine-grained, It's right? fine-grained, so, so, so you've really got to wait for the assays. So it's yeah. not like they can see the large spodumene crystals no. that some of these projects have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, waiting for the um, lie detector. Lie detector in mm. the. Uh, the so and what's the go? Explain the fine grains. I know you mentioned in a previous episode about the fine finer crystals aren't suitable for DSO either. Yeah, it's, it's some of that, it, and, it, and it's a bit like probably don't float. Yeah, don't float as well, sort of thing. So it's going to. I mean, at the moment, you know, the DSO product. It's really you, you know, the, you know, is not looking at DSO project. This is, uh, so, so we're sort of two separate projects. So at, at, at Mount Ida, um, you know, there is some coarse grain spodumene there sort of thing, which is perfect for, you know, which, which can be DSO, but obviously you've got to do a, a heap more test work. And at Unithara, like it looks like, you, you know, they've only really just got, um, you know, first pass drilling through it. There's been 30 holes in it before. So, but it does look like um, there is some fine, lots of fine grain areas, but, you know, potentially some coarser grain areas yeah. as well sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it, you know, um, everyone wants answers immediately, but sometimes you just got to do the work and, process. Then, and, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and then do the answers. But, you know, there will be plenty of news flow with eight, you know, there's going to be eight rigs um, winging away, um, 
during you know starting starting, you know, starting this month. Yeah, and he's also from a management perspective, he's also bolstered the team. So a couple of guys that were with him in the early days at Atlas have joined Red Dirt. So there's some pedigree there in that regard. So they're used to starting up operations in Western Australia. So time will tell, mate. Mm. Can you are you able to give any insight on how you do analyze these projects in? Because, as I said, it's a bit up in the air with mm. price and everything. Do you have a coin? Volatile. <laughs> 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 Do you have a coin? <laughs> but, like, when, as you said, like, you can, if you do look at, say, hypothetically a gold equivalent, because I attempted it, but with taking into account varying recoveries and everything between gold, like lithium's obviously a lot lower recovery, is it simple as applying the recoveries and converting it into a gold equivalent for oh. what the spodumene sells at, or is it is there a lot more to it? Or oh, I think there's there's a bit more to it. It comes, you know, if you start putting in gold equivalent, it gets a bit, you know, because you've got recoveries and payabilities and mm. all, 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 all those sorts of things. It's good as sort of a headline thing, but it's I suppose the way we look at it is just comparing it to other sort of projects out there and 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 what sort of valuation the market's giving them, um, you know, versus you know what Red Dirt's got sort of thing. So, you know, there's a there's a there's a whole range. Um, you know, your big guys, you know, your big producers up at sort of ten billion plus sort of thing, you know, and then your core lithium sort of around that two billion dollar mark, and they're going to be, you know, they're they're in there now. They've constructed their plant, their DSO. They're going to be construct. You know, they've already constructed the plant. They'll be producing concentrate probably in the next uh, quarter, sort of thing. You know, down to um, you know a, a, a huge array of explorers, um, mm. all with varying sort of um, positives and negatives, sort of thing. And um, you know, so I suppose you know something like a global lithium has done a you know a terrific job. Um, you know, they've got you know minres on the register. They're sort of at about a four hundred million market cap, sort of thing. So. Yeah, you, know, you, you know, you can make the argument that Red Dirt, if they can deliver on, you know, it, it's their second pro unit there and get into production mm. and all those sorts of things, that they could be, you know, sh- should be should be worth a bit more, sort of thing. I saw I saw an article in the Morning Journal where they interviewed David Flanagan, and he, mm. he's. He was lot, sounded a lot more excited about Unithara, like the outcropping well, he said was massive yeah, compared to the scale to is, is Manorite is, it's not constrained, but Manorite is more complex geology, whereas there is outcropping at Unithara and it's it's quite a big strike extent, lots yeah. of pecmatite yeah. occurrences. So the scale's opportunities there with, with Unithara. Um, and that's probably what the market wants to see. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're not really buying red dirt. Uh, at this point in time just for Manorite. You're buying for the optionality of Unithara being something. So, yeah. Time will uh, While we're on lithium, Leo Lithium uh, yesterday, yesterday, I think it was, yep. uh, increased their mineral resource. So they're essentially their resource is pretty equivalent to what Lion Towns is, but mm. trading at about a fifth of the yeah. one one fifth of the market cap. Yeah. So, which is uh, obviously the Australia premium and the West African discount. Discount. Yep. Um, yep. I think that's that. That's you know, ab- absolutely. I mean, that was a great you know good announcement from Leo and. and and as you said, similar sort of tonnage to um, to, to Lion Town. Um, it's clearly going to get bigger. Um, you know, they've already got a twenty-three year mine life. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, do they need any more? Probably not. Not at the moment. But it was, um, you know, and and the thing with that, like Lion Town, you know, the grade's pretty good. So you're looking at sort of you know, one point four percent with a reserve grade of uh, smidge over one and a half percent. But but similarly on the DSO, they're now talking about maybe. Getting you know starting DSO potentially in the Q3 this year, so mm. um, you know one of one of the big sort of drawbacks or perceived negatives on Leo Lithium is that you know you're sort of a thousand k's away from from port sort of thing. So if they can demonstrate that supply chain of being able to move all those trucks, you know whether it's through you know through through um, Senegal or, or or down the coast, 
um, through what would it be, probably um, Ivory Coast or, or, or something like that, you know, when they're in neighbouring countries, um, that would be a key, uh, you know, de-risking hurdle, I think, in the minds of the um, of, of the investors. And, and then you've sort of had the five-inch sort of overhang as well, people sort of wondering what's happened, happening with that. You know, they've been suspended for six months now, yeah. uh, if not longer, what's happening with A, you know, a the company, but B, the shareholding that five-inch holds in Leo. So, um, but no... Great announcement. Um, just, I suppose, confirming that what, what we know is it's a you know it's a big it's a big high grade resource, and that Gangfang are full tilt on um, getting this thing into production asap. And well run by Simon Hay. Yeah, he's absolutely. A, he's a quality operator, so this. Yeah, he's, you know he's done it before yep. at, at Galaxy. Galaxy so certainly, um, yeah. you know, uh, I know you know Jarden put out a big piece on the lithium sector in uh, November, and that was sort of their one of their key picks was you know, in terms of the, in in the development space. Uh, Leo, Leo. Thing, I thought yeah. it was uh, uh, too heavily discounted compared to its peers. Do you say? Do you look at Linetown with the whole concept of underground lithium and the the sheer tonnage they're trying to get out? Is a is a bit of a risk getting that dirt out long term, or is it is that is that in the thoughts? Uh, I, we, we, you know, four million ton underground, as you know, Matt, is you know, it's she's pretty decent. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. A, it's a decent thing. I think. Um, look, with, with all these things, it is a risk. Um, that you know they're, they're still probably you know they're still a couple of years away mm. from actually having to you know f for that to deliver but i suppose you know it's all about the development or a you know your mining contractor that 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 that, that uh that they appoint that they appoint which i think will be this quarter as they're talking about yes. it sort of thing um you know they're well capitalized uh you know they've done a done a you know outstanding job so far so um then, then it'll be up to the contractor and the team to make sure they've got all the, you know, the development and all that sort of thing ahead ahead of when they actually push the push the go button. Which contractor's leading the charge there, Clay? Oh, I think there'd be numerous in the um, <laughs> what, wanting, wanting that sort of job, yep. uh, Timothy. Yep. I'll guarantee you the one that's next door will be in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Front and centre. Right, that'll be right, right up there. Um, and well, last one on the lithium. Look, it all looks great on paper. Patriot Battery Metals, which is Ken Briston's yeah. in on that. So the look, unbelievable intersections over in in Quebec, in Canada, 156 yep. meters at 2.1 percent lithium, which yep. is would look that's up at Greenbush's level Green or Bush's even past, yep, past Greenbush's resource grade. Look. Looks sensational, possibly rivaling, going to rival AVZ for the biggest yeah. deposit in the world when it gets happening. But look, it ain't uh, apparently that easy from the permitting side. Anyone want to provide a bit of context on that? Um, oh, TK. Oh, <laughs> just while I got you here, mate. Yeah, yeah. Like I, so know. you're just going straight to the I think you, you said it. Uh, you said <laughs> it previously. I mean, firstly, for, I mean that, that that hit is a you know it's a phenomenal hit. Yeah. Obviously, that grade. Mm. Um, you know, there's been. It's been quite a bit of hype on, you know, PMT listed in, in the Aussie market and, you know, listed at 75 cents, hit $1.70, I think, on day two. It's pulled back a bit, but, you and know. And there was a high-grade component too. To that, yes. With know, it, with, 5%, I think. Yeah, within, I saw that. Good. Within this. So, um, yeah, look, uh, you know, fa fabulous intersection. You know, it's, it's got a market capitalisation, I think, fully diluted, approaching yeah. sort of 1.3, 1.4 billion. So it's yeah. not like... This is a new discovery, and the market hasn't, you know, recognised the value of it. But um, you know, certainly, you know, with those sorts of grades and widths, um, you know, it's going to be a high quality resource. I see that, um, you know, I think Ken Accord are talking at least sort of a hundred. Um, you know, that, that prior to this era, so they were talking sort of a hundred million tons at sort of one point two percent. But clearly, you think that size and and grade will will increase on that, mm -hmm. and and ultimately, you know, does it lead to question of you know they're going to be sort of oems out there that might be you know looking to secure supply of the future and 
you know, is there sort of potential takeover targets? Um, Permitting know, seems to be a function of time in that part of the world, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I quite mean, possibly. You, you get there, but you get it, there, it can that's take, right. you know, mm. three to five years to, to get it over yeah, the line. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's going to be a challenge. That's but, you right. Know, so you've just had Alchem's James Bay yeah. yep. that, that got got through. Um, after which five, was after years. five years. Five years, yeah. yeah. Sort of thing. Um, but whether they got, you know, it'd be interesting now with the, um, you know, will, will the government, you know, take a view and start saying we need to fast, fast track, track those. You know, this is, that's unacceptable. You know, yep. it's similar to like uh, St. Barbara with Atlantic Gold over there. You know, it's just taking them so long to get right, those yeah. approvals and to, to the extent they're going to have to put, you know, some of the, you know, operations on care and maintenance. Yeah, so. it's um and very highly dependent on how far north or south in relation to the salmon and everything I've heard over there. Right. Like it's very yeah. Yeah. very locality yep. dependent on. It might be easy or it might be extremely hard. Right. Yep. God, you ain't got to look at like oh, you can look at Yellowstone Sandfire over at Montana. Like yes. that Black Butte project. That's they, been forever. Yeah, ten, well, years, God, ten, ten years. Ten years. I think. Yep. And yeah. And, and, and yeah, still if you're a betting man, you'd say it's still yeah. probably you know. Well, they don't. It's interesting. You know, they, that's why they had to go to you know Botswana and. Spain and all that because Montana was yeah not not going to be developed in a short mm-hmm. in, in a short time frame. Yeah. Um. Well, last one you probably followed pretty well. Ozgold, I think they put out their expanding their feasibility study. That looks like a pretty exciting project coming up. Like local. In yeah. A- You've been to site. I've been to site. Yep. Stayed in the uh, sunny the mill. Katanning. Sunny Katanning. Very yeah. nice. Uh, very nice part of the world. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I suppose if, if you look in WA, of undeveloped gold projects out there that's got sort of a resource and a you know reserve above a million ounces. You know, there's really not many um, with defined studies. So th- this has got sort of a three million ounce resource and one point three million ounce reserve. Uh, they're talking about sort of a two hundred million dollar capital spend to reduce circa one hundred thousand ounces um, for for ten plus years at an all in cost of in that sort of fourteen fifteen hundred dollars an ounce mark. So, and and. Uh, you know, permitting is probably one area, but but you know it is on freehold land, and I think you know they have good relationships with the local farmers um, mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things. So yeah, and and now you know they've done a PFS which showed that uh, it was economic and uh, really need to drive it. You know they're now committing to a, a DFS which should be out by the end of the year, if not if not a bit sooner. So um, look uh, on the metrics, you know, out, out in the landscape, which which ones are going to pop through as the next sort of in that line of development? I think Osgold's um, you know is right up there. Probably attractive to an you know from an acquisition perspective to an existing mid tier producer. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, some yeah, an operate you know proven operating team that that, that can uh, you know might might be a single mine asset at the moment. You add one plus one, um, and and they get they get a re rating because they're sort of increasing production and. You know, Osgold at the moment are a sort of. Uh, oh, jeez, I think it, I think is that Carl yeah, from, I think it's Carl from Channel Nine. <laughs> <laughs> no, take, take, take your shirt off. Yeah. Mate, it's, a, it's a kangaroo's membership. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get uh, me do, you, do you see? Um, like you look at the likes of say Newcrest and Goldfields with uh, you know Goldfields failed Yamana deal and, and all that. Like looking like there's a lot of big blue chip companies that are looking to secure ounces. Do you see them having plays at things like this or like Degray and like pro- not, no, not an Osgold because it's not doesn't have the scale. For have scale. But, but, but for Degray, absolutely. Like Degray's got the scale and the and the life. Yeah, you know they're talking plus five hundred thousand ounces yeah. for, for ten years. So that is a you know a tier one type project that. Um, that, that, that these big boys would be definitely interested in. and, and it goes goes back to you know is it cheaper to acquire rather than explore and and we're just not having too many of those you know global 
discoveries of, of multimedia announcers. Mm. You know, it is, it is the other thing tough that work. Oscar, it sort of suffered from being around for a while, hasn't yes. it? Really? So it's been around. There's certainly you know, it's been issues. around for ten years, and when they first had it, you yeah. know, there was sort of speculation it might be another boddington style yeah. deposit which it wasn't but um it, it did get you know at one stage a, a big market cap um and and it required a lot of sort of detailed geological work to actually unlock the sort of the mm. the, the geology of it all um but but you know mac, mac green tree as md's done a really good job there in terms of unlocking to, to that secu- are they going to need to secure that land freehold you know because it's you know it's, it's yeah. good agricultural yep. uh land that's only going up in value so there's going to be a fair you know, yes. Yeah, so how does that fit into the capex component, or is that something they've optioned up? Yeah, I think they they have got some options over yeah. there, and 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 would obviously make yeah makes it a lot easier to secure that before you go into any sort of um, development sure. or anything like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, similar to you know Regis over in um, in New South Wales yeah. with McPhillamy's project. Yep. You know they bought you know that th- they bought out I think four or five surrounding farms. It just makes it. Um, you know, a, a hell of a lot easier to do that sort of thing. Yeah, so. right. Predictions for twenty twenty three. What do you what do you reckon the big bubble's going to be? Is it, is is it going to be? We've gone from the, the, the Dockers, mate. Well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. As in, they're going to pop. It's not, it's not a bubble. <laughs> I'm of the opinion that. Um, uh, you know, from an economic perspective, like uh, central banks around the world usually always overshoot in both directions. You know, when it comes to rates, so that they'll overdo it on the uh, on increasing rates in the US, which will probably you know exemplify the depths of the recession that we kick into. And uh, you know, they're just usually too late to react as they were by starting to uh, raise rates, as they will be to starting to lower them. So that's I think going to be one of the key things for us to watch this year and and you know it's going to lead to the market um you know having some big movements in both directions so mm. volatility uh, i think something and um you know but i think the commodity price environment just looking at uh you know from a stockpile perspective um looks looks really positive yeah this year. And, and further to that i think oil price i think your price is is a key pick for me this year i think china reopening Russian embargoes and the challenges still with shale in terms of living within their means, I think you might see oil being a pretty good uh, place to be for 2023. Yep. And uh, any recommendations uh, in particular, Tony, for uh, oil? Uh, I'll come back to you on the next visit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, another guest appearance. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much, lads. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Good on you.